right, so hi everyone, this is Jake from Nettronic. Thanks for joining me today uh, for this first episode of our Nettronic podcast, where we're going to dive into scheduling and we're inviting guests from across different industries to discuss with us what scheduling is and what it means. And uh, today I'm really happy that Dave Weissman from ArcherPoint has been able to join me. Dave's uh, been around ERP for quite a while. He's been an end user, a consultant, and today he's going to be my guest as we talk about scheduling uh, as Dave's seen it. So what his experiences have been, how he approaches it, and uh, hopefully how his knowledge can bring insight for all of you listening uh, to this episode. So without any further ado, uh, welcome Dave. Thanks Jake, glad to be here with you today. Awesome. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really. I was really happy that you could uh, that you could make time for me. So, so I think I think uh, as a beginning, it's it, well to start. It's always good to start at the beginning. So maybe if you could, just what was your kind of what was your first experience getting into scheduling? How did you get started? And uh, just give me a little background, and we can go from there. Sure. So um, you know, shortly out of college, you know, my my study was based around productions and operations management. You know. One of my first jobs was as a, a scheduling the factory. It was a, a metal fab organization. And, you know, we had some basic systems that would, uh, you know, drive demand and, you know, some basic MRP that would, would spit us out, you know, some dispatch lists. You know, they were, they were infinitely loaded work centers, so we kind of had to take that and you know, the goal was that we wanted to sequence the actual work in the metal fab um, mm -hmm. shop. So we took the system-generated stuff, and then interestingly enough, um, you know, this is kind of when a lot of the lean and the visual scheduling um, aspects were coming out. Um, we actually took a, a sheet of plywood, painted it white, and attached a bunch of metal clips to it, where we would actually every day take the information we got from the MRP system, print the production orders, go out and use these clips to hang the production orders and mm -hmm. uh, you know the, the fashion we wanted them to, uh, to be sequenced literally by machine in that area. So that was kind of interesting. Um, you know, I think the challenges, you know, tend to be if I sum of what we did there is it's not only determining the schedule from your information system, but then it's handing that schedule off to, you know, the people that have to work with it so that they can, uh, they're able to interpret and to execute accordingly. So, you know, we kind of liked that visual aspect. So that was one of the things we did. Um, that was, so that was kind of interesting. That was one of the first things I did in my scheduling career that was uh, a little bit different other than just handing someone a dispatch list and saying, here's your work for the day. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, so, so really that was just the physical act of going over and, and making a board that shows what was going to be worked on and what was going to be done. Um, yeah, no, that's, it's funny because in, in a lot of ways, these, these basic modes of operation, I think, in terms of, of visual scheduling, much has changed, but at the core of it, it's still it's still very much that, right? It's still very much just being able to gain transparency and show that to everyone who's involved to uh, to help we know what to work on for sure. So, so kind of segueing from that, I mean, um, from the beginning. So, a lot of 
a lot of folks when they when they come and talk to us, I think they might not have such a strong uh, background in scheduling, or maybe they don't have this this a lot of tacit knowledge to base off of and stuff like this. Um, how would you? I mean, when you're thinking about setting up a new schedule or, or creating a new schedule, what what are the what are the major factors or things that someone needs to consider? Um, so maybe it's a, a new scheduler, a new planner. Um, what would be your suggestions? How would you kind of you know give them guidance? Sure. So you know, there's a couple of key things you know when it comes to scheduling. You know, and the first you have to really in your mind be able to break out and say what is the resource or like resources that I'm attempting to schedule. Mm -hmm. you know, so you want to understand really the capabilities of the different entities or work centers that you're scheduling and, and um, have those capabilities in front of you so that, you know, because this is the constant challenge of a scheduler is um, they kind of sit between customer service and manufacturing and they have to do this balancing act of the work that's flowing to them and how they parlay that into work for the factory. So really understand the resource that you're attempting to schedule. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, on the flip side, you have to have a good understanding of the demand that's really flowing to you that you have to uh, create this balancing act for. So, you know, Having a good understanding of those two, now you have to really you know, have an appreciation for on that on that uh, resource side. Mm -hmm. you know, what is their skill level? Do you mm -hmm. have an experienced uh, manager that you can hand him a list for the day, and he can sequence those ten jobs accordingly? Or now is it your responsibility um, that they really want to know, hey, when you hand this to me, I want the work sequenced the way you literally want it to unfold, even within the given day. So you usually have uh, one or the other of those where you have an ex a very experienced um, shop person running that uh, floor where you can just give them the daily report that says, hey, here's what we need to get done today. Mm -hmm. Or they might want the actual detail of you know, sequence for me how I should run this stuff. Yes. So you'll you really want to understand, you know, their their capabilities to accept a schedule and work with it, and then that'll you know more heavily determine what information you have to get to them. It's funny. So I mean, as much as the world today, as much as all of what we're doing is heading towards this really you know, technology-driven, very, very, you know, fast-paced uh, environment where machines more and more are involved, there's still a very real sense of a human-to-human -human connection, especially in what you're just saying, when you're understanding, you know, from a human scheduler point of view, if you have, a, if you have somebody competent on the shop floor, whether it be your master planner or master scheduling team, they need to understand what the resources are capable of, going, of doing and understand what they, in, in a way, what they prefer because really, what they prefer and the way they their mode of operation, their, their uh, way of working is going to create the highest return for everyone and happiness overall. So I guess we're still, as much as, like I said, we're, we're moving towards this, like, you know, very high tech op mode of operation, it's still very human in a way, right? Yeah, and it's, an, you know, an interesting point along those lines, Jake, is that, 
even though we have tools that are very high tech, I still find that, you know, this piece of the operation seems to be very low. Quite often folks are still working in Excel. They don't quite believe that their ERP system can give them the right information. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, you know, part of the goal of what I do when I'm when I'm helping people with scheduling is I have to help them understand and believe first and foremost believe and make the the data system work for them so that they can you know and I I need to convince them that look the system's a very good calculator if we give it the right rules it'll produce results mm-hmm. that you can then parlay you know forward onto your group and then those folks can spend more time with that that human element you're talking about, having the conversations about a difficult job or looking at the bigger picture and looking at process and spend less time on the day-to-day data because they got a system that can handle it Mm -hmm. and spend more time on that human aspect piece that you're talking about, which really is the art of scheduling. You know, when you get to those scenarios that don't fit, Mm -hmm. how how do you solution them? So that's really that. That, that piece that needs to come from a, a human. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, for me at least, from my limited uh, experience so far in the industry, I think it's a huge piece of, of insight from you. So just the fact that, you know, the, the human aspect is huge and it's, it's still existent. So, so, so moving, moving on, I, I guess, from creating a new schedule, what are some of the, what are some of the greatest challenges or, or what do you find is most difficult when you're starting to, uh, to to make a schedule or create schedules. So now we have the pieces we need to worry about, so the resources and, and the demand of, of, of uh, inflow, things coming in and understanding these pieces. But what are some of the what are some of the biggest challenges and difficulties that a lot of maybe uh, young planners or scheduling teams, or not just young, but any scheduling team faces when they have to um, start creating a schedule? Sure, and a lot of that, you know, I kind of mentioned earlier that, um, you know, the scheduling group, um, it's a bit of a thankless job because they kind of sit through this go-between, as I mentioned earlier, between the incoming, the inbound, sales, customer service, and they have to kind of take that information, wrap their head around it, and then pass it on to manufacturing. Mm-hmm. And uh, those are two very different entities that the scheduler sits between. One obviously is focused on generating sales and making the customer happy. And on the other end, you've got a manufacturing operations that needs to make sure that they're efficient, that they uh, maximize their utilization, mm-hmm. and that they, you know, there's machines and equipment involved. Um, so. You know, you're really the go-between between those two. So it's back to this balancing act. So sometimes you have to also be the voice of reason between these two groups and bring these groups together and have conversations. And maybe even to the point that, you know, hopefully the organization already, you know, typically an organization, you know, they'll have, They'll have objectives that either focus more on the customer service side and say, look, we're going to do what they ask for, so figure it out on the other end. Mm-hmm. Or you might have a 
an organization that is more manufacturing driven and you know we have a we have a, a good market on the product and we're going to produce our product and you will sell what we produce mm -hmm. so again you kind of have to understand what the environment is that you work in as a scheduler but oftentimes you have to <laughs> kind of be the voice of reason between these two groups uh, you know to be able to um, a uh, work with the objective as to are we more customer service driven are we more manufacturing driven and uh, you know the sooner you understand that the better you'll be able to to be able to match to, to be the go between between these two uh, departments in an organization yeah I mean the more I'm here, the more I'm listening to you talk about the more you start to realize how much of a, of a bridge scheduling uh, effective scheduling becomes between the external workings of a company and the internal and how closely these two are interrelated right so the fact that you know you have customers that have orders that they need to have by a certain time for example and of course the, the sales folks or whatever business development need to be concerned with them and then the internal workings where it's like look we're, we're working as effectively and efficiently as we can and scheduling really is the the, the connection between these two worlds isn't it for sure, you know, and you'll you'll find yourself. You might end up talking to customers, even you know, it, it might come to that point as well as you know, you're talking to the guy that's that's running the lathe on the floor. So you really have both ends of the of the spectrum. Now, this this leads me to another interesting uh, uh, question, I believe. So, so as a, as a scheduler now, um, when I'm looking at trying to please both these entities, of course, you can't please everyone all the time, but we want to do our best to make a good balance. So what, so for example, what's more important in a certain situation to meet a job deadline or, or to maximize a, a resource capacity or like how I go about thinking about this? Sure. So obviously, you know, we talk about balance and, um, but there will always be conflicts. Mm -hmm. um, so I think your role as a scheduler is to, balance the best you can um, and then being able to know when to elevate conflicts mm -hmm. and um, I don't know that it's necessarily the job of the scheduler to be able to solve that issue mm -hmm. but definitely to be able to recognize them the sooner they can recognize them and then again being able to effectively talk with um, you know the person responsible for the the inbound side of what's causing that conflict and also to be able to work with the manufacturing side bring those groups together and and be able to present the data as well as have options without necessarily making the decision you know present the scenario say here are our options <clears throat> you know maybe you're offloading capacity to another work center maybe you um, the manufacturing has to consider overtime, you know, and understanding the cost of those options so that you can present your upstream and downstream clients with all the right information. So hopefully as a, as a team, you're figuring out the solution. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think, like you said, it really comes back to this point that there is, there is no black and white definite answer for a lot of these things. I mean, it's really, completely situation dependent and it sounds like you really need to make a call based off of your your resources your knowledge of what you're doing and be be flexible be be 
able to adapt to a situation. It sounds like, at least in, in your experience, that schedulers, more than anything, they really need to be adaptable, right? You need to be able to kind of to, to, to change with the situation at a moment's notice almost, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you need to need to understand what all your options are and the capabilities of the uh, organization to react. And that, that is part of that. I mean, that's where you really want a scheduler to spend his time. You don't want him spending his time on, you know, slotting jobs. You know, that the more, the more you can get the calculated work done from your system, you know, the more time you can devote to, you know, this balancing and making sure that things uh, run smoothly. That is, I'm writing that down real quick because I really like that point. So the more you can get the system to calculate things, the more time, for example, the human scheduler can spend on, on really optimizing things and getting things to run smoothly. I think yeah, huge. you know, resolution, resolution and optimization then because th those things always exist. I mean, nothing... It never just flows, you know, okay, I'm at 100% capacity, perfect. Oh, let's see what tomorrow looks like. You know, you'll have, you'll have demand and excess capacity. You'll have material shortages. You'll have a machine breakdown. Um, and you have to be part of the solution when those things arise. No, it completely makes, it makes sense in so many ways. So, Dave, first of all, thank you so much. Um, for all of this, as a final point, maybe I think we've kind of we've kind of already uh, covered this in many of the questions and answers that have already come up. But maybe you have a final piece of wisdom. I'm not sure. Maybe you you can just rehash. But for someone who's who's never really created a schedule before, or someone who maybe is is, is struggling in the industry or just trying to figure out, okay, what what's a piece of something I haven't really thought about? Do you have any? You know, you talked a lot about balance. But any other kind of pieces of advice that you would give just to just to make them, you know, maybe feel a little more comfortable moving forward or? Sure. You know, I, and it's kind of, it's a bit of a recap, as you mentioned, but, um, and this is twofold from both my experience as a scheduler and as a consultant helping schedulers is, you know, it's back to that, make the ERP system work for you. Mm -hmm. If the data isn't there, let's get the data in place. Mm -hmm. If the rules aren't there, let's get the rules in place and let it do the, you know, that's it. They're very good calculators. They're very good fast. They're fast. They can process a lot of data and you can work, you know, there's exception reporting. You only have to look at the five orders that you have to release today regardless of the thousand lines of that MRP returns, you know, mm -hmm. you just filter it down and, oh, these are the six things I got to work on today. So make use of these powerful systems, you know, make sure that you're, you're working on an exception basis. Let the system do the work for the bulk of it and then you address the couple that you need to, to address. So I, I can't stress enough to make the system work for you. You know, get help from your provider or someone that knows how to make it work for you. Um, don't just get intimidated. I, I see a lot of folks that, you know, they can't get it to work for them and they just immediately go offline into Excel. Mm -hmm. um, so now you're on a, an external database that nobody else can see. It really, you know, does, it isn't uh, fluent. It can't fit with the rest of the organization. 
So as soon as you go to that offline Excel spreadsheet, you know you're really kind of taking yourself out of the loop for for being efficient and effective. So I think it's really make the system work for you and then, you know, spend the rest of your time being a good scheduler from some of those uh, human element things that we talked about. Yeah, no, that's, I thought that, I think that's, <laughs> that's a huge, that's a huge bit of wisdom. And I think that's really, really helpful. Um, Dave, thank you so much for, for, for being on today and for answering these questions. I think this is really going to benefit a lot of folks who, who read the blog, also listen to the podcast now. So once again, thank you a million times for doing this. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me, Jake. No problem, Dave. Well, have a good rest of your day. Thanks. Take care. Mm -hmm.